Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Hebrews 11, reading from verse number 23, the Bible tells us that by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hit three months of his spirit because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come of age, come, of, come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. By faith, you know, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had great, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured God has seen him who is invisible. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood. Lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch him. By faith, he passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. How did this fit into us becoming the people that God wants us to be so that we can become the salt and the light of this world? This passage of scripture has some hidden gems in it that we are going to try to explore. And from this passage of scripture, I want to share with you the turning point encounter or the turning point experience that what happened in the life of an individual, if that individual wants to be the light and the salt of this particular world. And number one turning point experience that must happen, that must happen in the life of a Christian, if he wants to be the salt of the world, is that that individual must come to the point of appreciation. Must come to the point of appreciation. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23, the Bible tells us, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was he three months of his parent, because they saw him, they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. To influence the culture, there must be a healthy appreciation of our faith by those of us who are called Christian. If we have no appreciation for the saving grace, we have no appreciation for our salvation, we have no value for what Jesus has done for us on the cross of Calvary, we do not see the value of the cross, we do not understand the value of the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we do not see the value of the Spirit of God that is indwelling inside of us. How can the rest of the world be drawn to the saving grace? If those of us who are associated with Him, if those of us who are called by His name, if we have no respect or have no value for it, we treat the salvation that cost Jesus his own life. We treat it as common. If we do that, how will the world take it seriously? The Bible makes us understand that the parents of Moses saw that he was a proper child. And because they saw that he was a proper child, despite the commandment from the king, despite the punishment of what was going to come back from the king, they were still willing to protect and to save that particular life because they valued what God has given unto them. Unless there is a healthy appreciation for what has been given, a healthy appreciation for the life that Christ has given unto us, the translation from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of dead life. If there is no healthy appreciation, of that fact, it will be very difficult for us to be able to live the Christian life. 
a healthy appreciation of the redemption of our soul from the dimension of sin, a healthy appreciation of the gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus is central to the Christian life. Because if you don't appreciate it, why are you here? If you don't appreciate it, why are you called by his name? If you don't appreciate it, why are you carrying the Bible every Sunday? Why do you introduce yourself as a Christian? Why do you pay your tithes? Why do you pray? Why do you do what you do if you don't value the things that Jesus has done in our lives? Unless we come to the point of appreciation. Unless we, unless we come to the point where we realize that what Jesus has done for us, no man can do for us. We will be very, it will be very difficult to live the life that the Lord is expecting us to live. And it will be very difficult for us to be the salt and the light of this generation. If we do not have such appreciation, if we do not value the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, then there is no difference between us and the people who are in the world. There's no difference. Because the people who are not here this morning, the people who do not identify with Christ, the people who do not call themselves Christian, they do not value those things that Christ has done for them. They don't even appreciate it. They don't even recognize it. And that's why they are not in, that's why they are not associated with him. If those of us who are inside the house, those who are calling, who are calling ourselves by his name, if we don't value it, then what is the difference between the two of us? What is the difference? It's just that maybe we are clever sinners and they are not. Maybe that's the difference. But there's no difference between anybody who calls himself a Christian and does not value what Jesus has done and for somebody who's walking the street and does not even respect. That one, the person on the street is much, much better because that person is at least honest. They are not being hypocritical about it. The Christian who wants to be the salt and the light of this world must first of all come to that point of appreciation of what God has done in his life. Number two. Number two turning experience, turning point experience that must happen in the life of a Christian is that they must come to the point of resolution. A point of resolution. Look at that Hebrews 11.23. The Bible says that by faith, when he was born, he was hid three months of his spirit because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. I tell you one thing, it's one thing for you to receive a blessing. It's another thing for you to preserve that blessing. There are two different things. It's one thing for you to receive something that is precious. It's another thing for you to keep that particular thing that is precious or preserve that which has been given unto you. The parents of Moses, they knew that Moses was precious. They knew that Moses had a special destiny. They knew that Moses was different from all the other kids. And because they have been entrusted with this particular precious life, they made it, they made up their mind. They resolved in their mind that they were not going to be careless with this particular gem that has been given unto them. The same thing, you and I, we have been committed. The gospel of eternal life has been committed into our care. We have had the privilege of benefiting from His grace. And the question now is, what are we going to do with it? The parents of Moses were, pres- were determined to preserve the blessings of God in their life, regardless of what the law says, regardless of what was going to around them, regardless of the danger they were going to face for themselves, regardless of what the king said. They were not, they were not going to abort the future of their little baby. The question is, we who have received the grace of God, are we careless with it? Are we even with, are we toying with it? Are we treating it as something that is just common? It may be a popular thing to do for people. It may be the, you know, it may be the safe thing for people to do to be able to toy with their Christianity. It may even be the part of least resistance so that you don't want to appear as if you are the wacky or the cookie type of people. You don't want to be seen as being the extreme person. You don't want to say that you want to be acceptable. But the parents of Moses did not think that was what is important. They saw the life that was committed into their care and they were willing to keep and preserve that life. The same thing God has committed. Something into our care, and that is the gospel of eternal life. 
The gospel that is able to turn the world around. The one that is able to meet the needs of men. Somebody was being clever and they were saying that if the world needed education, there were a lot of professors, they don't need Jesus. If the world needed a healer, there are a lot of people who are good physicians, the Lord would have sent a healer. But the Lord God Almighty, Lord, the world needed salvation. And there's only one person that was good for that, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have enjoyed that salvation, if you are, you are not resolved to protecting and preserving what God has committed into your hands, then we are in danger of not moving forward. The parents of Moses made up their mind. That they were going to give their baby a, a fighting chance at life. And that is the same thing we as believers, if we want to become, the, if we want to be the, 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 the light and the, the, the light, the salt and the light of this particular world. The man who will be the light, who will be the salt of this world, must come to the point of resolution at one point in our life. You must say at one point in your, in your life, I decide to follow Jesus, nothing else. The parent of Moses resolved to keep Moses, even when they were afraid. They resolved to keep Moses, even when they knew the race. Becoming the salt and the light of this world is not a walk in the park. It is difficult. It is difficult. There are times when we are going to be afraid. There are times when we are going to be persecuted. There are times when things are going to flow in the wrong direction for us. There are times when we are going to become unpopular. There are times when people will look at you and say, what is wrong with this individual? There are times when people look at us and say something that like, we have lost some, you know, some, 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 some boats have gone, on, uh, has gone missing in our head. Or probably we have missed our medication. But unless we are determined, unless we are resolute, unless we are able to take a stand for the value, for the value that we trust, that, that, that are important to our life, we might not be the salt and the light. That the Lord expects us to be. The Christian who will be the salt and the light of this world. Must come to the point of resolution. You must make up your mind that this is what it is. Number three. The turning point experience. The third turning point experience. That will make a person to become the light and the salt and the light of this world. Is they must come to the point of refusal. They must come to the point of refusal. Hebrews 11, reading from verse 24, the Bible says, By faith, when Moses was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In other words, he knew who he was. He knew that he was a Jew. He knew that he had, God had a destiny for him. He knew the plan of God for his life. He knew that God was taking him beyond the palace of Pharaoh. He knew that he was, you know, he had a greater destiny. What was set, what set Christianity apart is the unique understanding, appreciation of the uniqueness of our faith. And the benefit that God has made available for those who trust in Him. That's why Jesus Christ said that in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ has a greater calling for us. And that's why Paul the Apostle said, Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither is it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. In other words, there is a greater calling. There is a higher destiny for those of us who have been given for, for those of us who have accepted Lord Jesus Christ. The question is this, are we going to forfeit that higher destiny, higher calling for the things that this world has to offer? That's the question. How many of us here remember the name of the king, the pharaoh at the time of Moses? How many of us remember? I can bet you most people don't even know who that guy is. Okay? Most people don't even know. That is. But the idea, the, the reason I ask the question is this. Even people who are opposed to the Bible even people who are opposed to the cause of Christ, they know who Moses is. But very few people know who that Pharaoh, that Pharaoh is. The best that Moses could have become in Egypt, the best he could have become, will probably be the next Pharaoh in Egypt. That was the best thing he could have become. Okay, But Moses understood 
that God has more for his life. Moses understood that his destiny was beyond Egypt and he refused. He was able to make a decision and he made a choice to refuse Egypt and to accept what God has to offer. Moses understood that to be the salt and the light of this world, he must come to a point in his life when he has to refuse all that the world has to offer and stick with what God has, uh, what God has offered through the Lord Jesus Christ. Moses understood that. And the Bible tells in the book of Mark chapter 8, reading from verse number 36, it says, what shall he profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What shall he profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Christians must be willing to refuse the offer of the world if they hope to gain that which God has made available through Christ Jesus. To influence, the, to influence the world, we must be willing to refuse the alluring gifts that the world is peddling right in front of us on a daily basis. And that's why Paul, the John, the John the Beloved was saying in the book of First John chapter 2, reading from verse number 15, he said, love not the world, neither the things of the world, the love of the... If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If we must influence our culture, if we must influence our society, if we must make a difference and become the salt and the light of this world, we must learn to refuse what the world has to offer. You must learn to refuse it. The Christian who will be the salt and the light of this world must come to that point of refusal in your life. When you make up your mind and say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And that is why any time when someone is about to join the church, we ask you, how did you become a Christian? At what point in your life did you realize that this is not, that the life that you are living before is not what you are supposed to be doing, that you are supposed to take a different path? At what point? Because if you have not come to that point of refusal, you have not even started the journey because you cannot, there's no point of inflection. There's no point where you say, okay, this is what separates me from the rest of the world. A Christian who will be the salt of this world who will be the light of this world, must come to the point of refusal. Number four points. Number four turning point experience. That must happen in the life of a Christian, if he wants to be the son of this world, is the point of decision. The point of decision. Look at Romans, look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, reading from verse number 25, the Bible says, Choosing rather to suffer the affliction, to suffer affliction with the people of God, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. In other words, Moses, you know, a time came in the life of Moses when he weighed his option. A time came when he had to make a choice. A time came when he had to take a stand. He could no longer live. He could no longer have it both ways. He could no longer enjoy the presence of God and the pleasures of Egypt at the same time. He could no longer be the deliverer of Israel and the prince of Egypt at the same time. So he had to make up his mind which way he was going to go. You remember the Bible tells us in the book of Exodus that Moses, when he was just taking a walk in the, you know, just walking through the city, he saw that the Jews were being persecuted by the Egyptians, and then he rose up and wanted to fight for them. And the Bible told us that he fought and he cleared. He slew an Egyptian. And when he did, he covered him in the sand. And then the next day when he was going, he saw two, two, two Hebrew children fighting each other. And he wanted to separate them. Tell them, why are you doing this to yourself? And they told him, who made you a ruler over us? In other words, you cannot eat your cake and have it. You cannot sit in the palace at the same time enjoy the blessings of the Almighty God. You cannot continue to say, yes, I am the somebody, I am the prince of Egypt. And continue to be the deliverer of Egypt. Israel, the deliverer of Israel. You cannot have it both ways. You have to come to the point of decision. And that is why when you become a Christian, you have to come to that point where you make up your mind. Am I going to serve God or am I going to serve mammon? Am I going to be fully in or am I going to be one leg in, one leg out? 
The Bible tells us that when the Lord when Jesus was speaking, you know, when, when the Spirit of the Almighty God was speaking to the churches, he talked about the church of the Laodicea. He said, The Laodicean church, the problem I have with you is that you are neither cold or neither hot. You are not in or you are not out. He said, I would rather prefer you that you are hot or you are cold. I'll prefer whether you like me or you dislike me. I've always told my family the people that I really feel uncomfortable about are the people who are indifferent towards me. Because if you are angry towards me, I can tell. If danger is coming my way, I can read you and you can give me a good indication of what is coming to me. Because if you hate my gods, if you see danger coming, you will be happy. And that gives you an indication of what is coming to me. If you like me and you see danger coming, you will be sad. I can read it from your face. But if you care less, what happened to me? Danger is coming, you don't care. Things for something good is coming, you don't care. Those are the dangerous people. And that's why Jesus said, I don't want you to be lukewarm. I don't want you one leg in, one leg out. I don't want you to be a quarter past three Christianity. I don't want you to be a, 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 three, for, a 315 Christian. I want you to be either a six o'clock, sorry, a 12 o'clock Christian or nothing else. You cannot be a six o'clock Christian. Look at the watch in your hand. Six o'clock, one leg up, one leg down. Fully in the heaven, fully into this world. And then you have the quarter past three, the 315 Christian. They are not even there. They are just like this, floating back and forth, floating back and forth. The Lord is expecting a 12 o'clock Christian. Fully in, into the house of God. And that is what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying. That if a person wants to be, if you want to be the salt and light of this world, you have to come to that point of decision. You have to come to that point of decision. And the interesting thing is that for some reason the church has been deceived into believing that Christians can have it both ways. Okay? They have continued, they continue to live a life, live a life somehow, you know, live their life anyhow. And for the, and expect for some reason they expect the grace of God to multiply. And Paul the apostle addressed this same issue in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. He said, How shall we what shall we then say? Shall we continue in sin that the grace of God may abound? He said, God forbid. How shall we that are dead in sin live, there, live any longer therein? In other words, you cannot have it both ways. You cannot say you are a Christian today and continue to enjoy the things of the world. Just like our sister was saying during the time of life class, you cannot be, uh, what is the word? Is it talking or what do you call that thing? Twerking. You're talking. Uh, well, you, know, you, cannot, you, you cannot be doing whatever you are doing in church and then you are doing whatever you have to do in the, in the, in the, in the, in the clubhouse. You can't have it both ways. It doesn't work like that. The reason the church, the reason the community, the reason our society, the reason they have no respect for the church is because of we, the Christian, who are doing the, is it the, the talking and the, and the other one again? You know, it's, doing, it's because we're trying to do the two together. We're trying to match two, two different things. We're trying to put them together and make them fit. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that the grace of God may abound? The Bible says, God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? In other words, how can we who are Christian be so enmeshed with the system of this world and, and, and still expect to enjoy the power of the Almighty God? It doesn't happen. God is not, is not mocked. The Christian who will influence this world, the Christian who will be the salt and light of this world, must come to the point of decision. A point where he must say, I stand with Christ and nothing else. If you have not come to that point, you are still, the journey is still not complete. I was asking my sister this morning, I said, Miss Sarah, are you still are you with me this morning? She says she's three quarter way by there. I hope by now she's almost 100% there. But the thing is that you cannot walk with the Lord 100 three quarters of the way. You cannot do it 50% of the way. You cannot do it 25% of the way. It's either you are in or you are out. 
It might appear very difficult. It might appear very, you know, very restrictive. It might appear as if it's narrow-minded. But that is the way it is. If I am, I've used this example before. If I'm going to put water in this thing, and I say the only way you can get water into this bottle is through this place, am I being restricted? No. That is just the way it is. Every religion is exclusive. And that is what makes it. They have their own sets of principles that they adhere to. If they don't, if they appear, even the even even what you call is it is it is it Shintoism or Baism where it's open to everybody. These people still have their own restrictions. You cannot hold on to the world and hold on to the Bible at the same time. You have to give up one for the other. You have to. Jesus Christ said, "You cannot serve God and Mammon." It doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to be, God wants you to be poor. It simply means that focus your attention on one thing. And that's why he said in the book of Matthew 6, 33, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Every other thing will be added unto you. But when you are looking for every other thing and then you want to tackle Jesus at the end of it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The Christian who will be the salt of this world must come to that point of decision. Number five, the fifth turning point experience. That must happen in the life of a Christian if he wants to be the salt of this world is that they must come to the point of abandonment. They must come to the point of abandonment. Look at verse 27 of Hebrews chapter 11. For by, by, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. When we say we are Christian, we must be. When we say we are Christian, there must be a visible change in our life, such that the whole world can see. In other words, we were living a particular life before. When we came to Christ, there has to be a total abandonment of that particular life and an embracing of this new life, so that the world can tell the difference. The Bible tells us, wrote in the Second Corinthians chapter five, in verse number seventeen, the Bible tells us that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are becoming, all things have passed away and behold all things have become new. As a Christian if there is no visible change in your life, the people cannot see the difference between the life that you used to live and the life that you are now living right now if we cannot tell the difference something is wrong something is wrong if we behave the same way we appreciate the same thing. We value the same thing that we used to value. We go to the same place that we used to go to. We hang out with the same set of people that we hang out with. If there is no change, how are we going to convince the world that Jesus Christ makes a difference? How are you going to do it? When they cannot see it in our own lives. If they cannot see it in the way we talk. They cannot see it in the way we behave. They cannot see it in the, in the kind of work that we do at our place of work. How can we convince the world that Jesus is able to make the difference? And Paul the Apostle made the same argument. If you read the book of Galatians chapter 1, in verse number 13, Paul the Apostle was using himself as a testimony. He said, for ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews, in the Jews' religion. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and I wasted it. In other words, when you know Paul, the, when you know Saul of Tarsus, before he became Paul the Apostle, he said, you can tell the difference. I was a dangerous man. I destroyed the church. I specifically received letters from the, from the high priest to go and to hunt down to hunt down Christian. Paul was the bounty hunter when it comes to the church at that time. He was looking for Christian anywhere under the rock, anywhere they find them, he will fish them out and bring them to persecution. The Bible says that when the first matter of the church was taking place, Paul was standing there giving his credit, giving his uh, giving his note to the killing of Stephen. 
And Paul was saying to the Galatian church that if you, you know my life in the past, now you have seen my life. In other words, I came to a point of abandonment at one point in time. You know how I lived in the past. You know how I'm now living. And to confront the ills of our society, I am willing to abandon that life and to follow the course of Christ. And for us, if we are going to, if we are going to ever make an impact in our own little corner, they have to see that difference. They must see the difference. Because if they cannot see the difference, what testimony do you have? What testimony do I have? If our lives does not touch or speak or tell people that this is what is going on, that this is what Jesus can do, that this is the yoke that Jesus can take away, that these are the things that Jesus can take from your life. If our life cannot give that living testimony, why should they believe the Lord Jesus Christ? Why should they believe it? In other words, the man or the woman who will be the salt and the light of this world must come to that point where you are able to draw a line of demarcation. Abandon the old life and come on to the new life. For many of us who are married, we understand when the pastor is about to wed you, we tell you that for this cause, the man shall leave his father and cleave unto his wife, you know, shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his, uh, his spouse, and they two shall become one. And what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. One thing I want you to understand is this. The Christian life, cannot you cannot be the salt and the light of this world if there is no living and cleaving that has taken place in your life. There has to be a living the world. And they cleave it to God for us to be the salt and the light of this world. If that has not happened, then the journey has not even started. Number six, turning point experience. For those who want to be the salt and light of this world, they have to come to the point of courage. A point of courage. Look at verse number 27, Hebrews 11. The Bible says that by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. The body of Christ, you know, the body of Christ must come to the point where they must realize that they have been boxed into a corner. They have been boxed into a corner. We are told that our faith is private, so we must, you know, and, and we believed it. We are told that we, are, we should not impose our faith on other people, and we believe it. We are told to respect the belief of other people, and we believe it. But the question is this. If the Christians are expected to believe and to, you know, expect to, to, to respect the belief of other people, why is the belief of the law of, of Christians, why is, it not, why is it not respected? If we are supposed to respect the beliefs of others, why are they not respecting our own belief? If we are supposed, if we are supposed not to impose our faith on other people, why are they imposing their faith upon us? If we are supposed to be private, have our faith to be private, why are other people declaring their faith in the open and we are not allowed to do so? The point I'm making is that we are supposed to stand and to live the faith that we believe. It is very difficult right now to propagate the gospel in the, in the public place because laws have been put in place to be able to stifle the word of God. But you cannot stifle the lifestyle that the people of God have when they live a life that glorifies the name of the Lord. I am not advocating that people should go about protesting because they are Christian. I'm not saying that you begin to boycott products because they don't have they are not they are not made by a Christian manufacturer. I'm not advocating that people should begin to go about carrying placard and looking for legislation. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that you should be true to your faith and to your God. You should have the courage to say so, to tell people what you believe. It's a statement. I don't go about with my Bible hand in my hand trying to knock people and trying to convert people to Christ. But if you open the door, I will go there. If you ask me what I believe, I'll tell you what I believe. 
I'll tell you why I believe what I believe. And I tell you the hope that is in me. Because I know what Jesus has done for me. The fact that they say we should not discuss our faith doesn't mean I cannot tell you what I believe. If you are free to tell me you don't believe in God, I can, I'm free to tell you I believe in God. But the point is that we as Christians, if we are going to be the salt and the light of this world, at one point in time we should grow some backbone. And we should develop some courage. And courage only comes when you know the God that you serve. That's why the book of Bible, the book of Daniel tells us, he said those who know their God, they will be strong and they will do exploits. You don't have to carry a placard to represent Christ. You don't have to call your senators a million times to, 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 to represent Christ. You live a life that glorifies the name of the Lord. Live a life that is beyond reproach. Do a work that nobody can question. Be a standard for people to follow. Begin to live a life with integrity. And I tell you, when the host of hell come, they will not be able to say anything. Because they tried it in the past and they failed. When the Bible told us that when they were against Daniel, the Bible said that Daniel was praying his prayer and doing whatever he was doing. And the host of hell came and they were not able to do anything. Even he was able to outlist three different monarchs in his own time without having to carry a placard, without having to call his senators. The idea is to be true to your faith and to be true to your God. And the Lord will finish the rest. The Christian who will be the salt and light of this world must come to the point of courage. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, We thank you for listening.